Welcome to In the Know with WTO, the podcast all about West Texas opportunities and nonprofits. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and thank you for joining us. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that you listen. Please subscribe so you can be notified anytime we have a new episode. We're going to be found on Anchor at anchor.fm forward slash WTO. And inside Anchor, you can record a message for us or email us at podcast at gowto.org with any comments or suggestions. You can also go to our website and on the left-hand side, click on In the Know with WTO, the podcast. And you can see a list of all previous episodes and a list of all future episodes coming up. Finally, follow us on social media by searching for West Texas Opportunities. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And on today's episode, I have Brooke Adcock with me. She is our Head Start and Early Head Start Director. Uh, Thank you for coming in, Brooke. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you. I know it's a little bit outside your comfort zone to come in and talk into a microphone, but (laughs) yeah, I think it's going to be very beneficial for, for our listeners to learn a little bit more about you. Um, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, please? Okay. Well, I was raised here in La Mesa, grew up here, and other than the four years that I went to college, um, have been here ever since. Came back after college, married a local guy. Um, we have three kids. Um, two are grown. Um, my daughter is 25, and she teaches at Lubbock Cooper in Lubbock. And then my middle son is... 22, and he is a college student and getting ready to graduate fairly soon. And then we have a freshman in high school, so we're still doing all the the high school stuff now, starting over with that. Nice. So you sound like you're busy with just that alone. I, I'm busy, yes. And what first led you to work for us? I, I think you were with us before, and then you came back again. Yes. But what, what first led you to us? Well, um, I had been a public school teacher for a few years and then um, started having kiddos, stayed home with my older two kids for a while, um, and they got in school, and there wasn't really a – opening for teaching at the time and I saw saw this ad in the paper and kind of asked around and that was I think back in 2002 and I came in and interviewed didn't know anything about West Texas opportunities or Head Start anything um, the programs anything that it did but got hired and I did that just I believe that was just for a year I worked here and um, did some family services and health and um, coordinator in those areas and learned a lot about the program, loved the people, a lot of whom are still here. Um, Jenny Gibson started the same time I did uh, back at that time as the Head Start director. And then the opportunity came up for me to go back into an elementary classroom, and that just seemed it was a better fit for me at the time with the ages my kids were and them being in elementary school. So I went back and, and did that and for about 10 more years, and then came back to WTO um, when Jenny went on to the main office to be the executive director. I started that same year as the Head Start and Early Head Start director back in 2010. Great. And you're currently as a Head Start director. What what does your typical day look like with, with I know well, <laughs> it's crazy with all of our sites, plus the is, the pandemic and everything else involved. But. That has been a definite learning curve uh, since last March. 
Um, but it's different. It can be different every day. Um, typically, you know, I start out going through some emails, returning phone calls, um, follow up with staff, things like that. And it just kind of depends because there's, you know, six different locations. And so it could be something different at each one every day. So just uh, kind of whatever comes up. Of course, I have a lot of uh, various types of reports that are due, paperwork that has to be turned in um, to the Office of Head Start with, you know, all of our data and enrollment and things like that. So it's just budget, a lot of budget, looking at things because it seems like every day there's something new to buy or fix or (laughs) that kind of thing. So, um, and then, of course, hiring, um, you know, when positions come up, I go out and interview and and try to get those positions filled. And what's one thing about Head Start that maybe the average person doesn't know about um, that maybe you can describe Head Start a little bit better, Head Start and Early Head Start a little bit better for um, our listeners that maybe don't have kids yet or maybe just have babies and they're, they're not even sure what Head Start is? What would you say for somebody like that? Okay, well, um, it's definitely, it's more than daycare or school. We encompass the entire family um, with family services. We, the kiddos, we make sure they have dental exams, physicals. Um, If there's follow-up needed there, we have case managers that ensure that they get appointments set up, get to those appointments, things like that. Um, So it's, we do parent meetings with all kinds of topics from budgeting to um, you know, child care, health, nutrition, things like that, to really help young parents, especially. Um, with our early head start, we have a lot of teen moms, and so we do a lot of uh, parenting, parenting things with them, helping them learn how to be parents. And so I think it's just a, it's a family program that they definitely realize the difference. I think once the, the kiddos get in public school, uh, we are really uh, involve all aspects of the child and their family. And also, I think a lot of people don't have an understanding of what early head start is in our locations. And we can take kiddos starting at six six weeks of age. And it's definitely more than a daycare as we have curriculum for those kids. Um, we do assessments with them and have data on how they're developing along the way. So makes a very big difference and, and definitely gives them that head start. It's a good point. Um, I know um, Maria Elena came in on a previous episode and talked about um, the inter- introducing new foods to the kids. Yes. She gave an example about kiwis that, uh, that it's a lot of trouble peeling those kiwis, but the kids get to try them and then they go to the grocery store and they're telling their parents, Hey, I learned this at Head Start. So that there's a lot of, um, it is a it, lot that, of things. that's been amazing to me and the family style eating. Of course, we've had to change a lot with COVID this year. We've been a little limited on some of the things we can do with right. that, but we'll get back to that. But the family style eating and just watching, you know, two year olds pour milk out of the picture pitcher into their cup and and serve and and then try all the foods I I go in the classrooms and do observations and walkthroughs and I see them eating all kinds of things and 
I think especially with my youngest, he is so, so picky and eats hardly anything. And I just think it would have been great for him to have been in Head Start. And actually, I think if they're introduced and and kind of in that way, um, when they're young, they they develop a better palate. That's a good point. And and I told Maria Elena about my son that he – he won't try new things at home, but then he tries them at school, and he's like, this is the amazing thing ever. I tried this, right. and I love it. It's so just different. I think it's when just <laughs> a different atmosphere and yes. and having it there. And mm-hmm. and they see the other kids eating it or yes. trying it, yes. and it just makes a difference. That's true. And then it not being a daycare is a good point because there's so much more that y'all do with them. The We had Denitris Jenkins in on a previous episode where she talked about those new vision screeners that we purchased last year that help out with, with doing vision screenings yes, and, amazing. and hearing, screening. hearing screeners. Yes. So there's so much more that, that doesn't happen at a typical daycare. Right. So, we uh, catch a lot of, we catch a lot of things early on that, you know, can be corrected much earlier um, that would help, you know, with learning in school as they go on to kindergarten, pre-K, kindergarten, that kind of thing. That's great. And I know you, you've been with us a little over almost 10 years, maybe a little over 10 years, but um, what's something you wish you would have known before you came to workforce? And I know you, you worked for us previous before that, but what's something you wish you would have known about working for us beforehand? Well, I just, I always think it is, you know, one of the best kept secrets, really. I, I just think, I know I didn't have any idea of all the programs that WTO provides. I, I was familiar with Head Start and, of course, that's where most of my knowledge is, but just, you know, weatherization and the CSBG and uh, tracks, all of those kind of things, the transportation program, just so many different aspects that we can help, you know, families That's true. Um, in so many different areas. And we've tried to do that more with Head Start um, by having our case managers more familiar with all of the other programs and get those families over to WTO for those services if they need them. That's true. Um, it's it. You never really know about these. Yeah, programs I had no here. idea what all it involved, and you know, still learning. It's it's always a, a new day, new year. <laughs> uh, just learning different things that come our way, and, and that's one of the reasons why we started this podcast is to kind of get the word out about what all we do besides just Head Start or besides transportation and besides bill payment that some people know us for. So I think it's great to kind of, so everybody sees what we're all about. And another question I have for you is our, our mission statement. Um, I always bring this up on every single episode. Um, Every nonprofit has a mission statement that they, they try to, build their programs around and our mission statement again is to ease the limitations of poverty by investing in families to improve their quality of life. And, um, I have gotten everybody else's opinion from, from all of your management team about how, how their, their position aligns with, with Head Start. I'm sorry, with our mission statement. So for, for you, how do you feel that, that your position as a Head Start director kind of aligns with this, this mission to help ease the limitations of poverty? Well, of course, Head Start is a low-income, it is for low-income families um, to be able to provide education to those kids and initially get them prepared for school. We do have some over-income, and, you know, so we we serve a variety of different 
families, but I, I just think with Head Start trying to ease those limitations and give people a step up, we do that by being able to provide help for their kiddos, education, child care, all of those aspects we talked about earlier that we do with those families, but it makes a big difference because this gives, you know, we're, this is in hopes that their parents are going to find employment, be able to work while their kiddos are safe and engaged with Head Start or Early Head Start, and also, um, you know, maybe in school pursuing either whether it be finishing up and getting their high school diploma for those teen moms, but then go on to college and or a trade school of some type. And that we that's what our goal is. And we talk to our parents about that and try to give them ideas and uh, routes that they can take to be able to better themselves in the future for them and their children. That's great. And I know you said you hire quite a few open positions whenever teachers leave or center directors or case managers or whatever position is involved. But with, with that being said, what, what advice would you give somebody? And I know you kind of hit it a few minutes ago with, with teen parents mm-hmm. and trying to get them to go to college or finish up their high school degree or high school diploma. Um, what advice would you give somebody who's just entering the workforce? Well, um you know, we've seen lots of changes in the last, you know, 20 years, 25 years uh, being in the, the workforce. And I think my biggest thing, one of, and what I try to instill in my own children is work ethic. Um, be willing to do whatever you're asked to do when you're asked to do it. Um, you may not think it's part of your job, but it probably is because some things come up that just, you know, need to be done. Exactly. Um, but work ethic, showing up, um, you know, day in and day out, on time, things like that, that I think, you know, sometimes we're getting away from that. We, That's you know, true. people people don't take um, that to heart as much and put as much responsibility on themselves for, you know, what they're contributing to the workplace. So definitely just work work ethic, reliability, professionalism. Um, you know, especially we're providing services for uh, children. And so teachers, case managers, um, our center directors, you know, uh, we're the first people that these parents see as far as, you know, getting introduced to a school setting. So we definitely want to show them how how it's supposed to be and um, reiterate that to them every day that, you know, their kids are well taken care of, it's a safe place, and everyone takes their job very seriously. It's good advice. On my, on my uh, episode that I did, I talked about uh, a book that I read, and it's, it's yeah, a couple of points you brought up on it just made me think of it. it it's called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and oh, Don't okay. Steal Anything. I need to read that. <laughs> so, I think I need uh, to read that. He, he brought up a few good points about um, uh, it may not – you may think it's not your job, but it is. And mm-hmm. the, the guy that wrote the book was talking about Feed the Goat. And he's like, my job isn't to feed the goat. And they had a goat outside their office that basically, like, took care of the grass. Mm-hmm. And he's, and he's like, okay, I'll do it. Nobody else wanted to do it. But it showed his boss, hey, I'm taking initiative. Mm-hmm. I really want right. to be here and I care about the company. And then being on time is another thing mm-hmm. that is important. Some people show up late every single day and it just throws everybody else off and it makes things 
uh, a little bit harder. But when you said that, it reminded me. If you haven't listened to my episode, go back. It's episode number five. Okay. I'm sorry, number – I changed the episode number. Number seven. So it will okay. go – if you just go back, you'll hear it. But um, And the last question well, – there's a couple of questions left. But um, has there been anybody that has been really influential to you while you've been working for us or even before you were working for us? Well, of course – a lot of my past educators and uh, people that taught me growing up along the way, that that's probably what first prompted me to get into education myself. I do feel it's a calling that, um, you know, sort of like being, you know, in the ministry or a pastor, I, th- I think you have to have a heart for it. And I figured out early on I did, and I, I had some great mentors to watch and see how they handled uh, being in education, so definitely started there, and then of course once I came uh, came to this position, uh, I would say definitely Jenny Gibson because she's the executive director, but she had been the she, head she start. She was in your shoes before. Yes, she had been the head start director uh, prior to me for quite a long time, and so you know she she has taught me basically everything about the job and how to handle different situations and, um, you know, a lot of good advice and learning from her. And then, of course, my coordinators, too. I learn from them every day because they have their own areas they take care of that they really know. They know more about that than I do because they deal with their areas each and every day, and, and they are just a great support for me and, you know, whether it just be to be able to vent a little bit about, you know, my frustrations or um, be able to give me some input and guidance on decisions that need to be made, um, you know, for our program. That's great. And the last question I have for you today is, do you have any any stories that come to mind about Head Start that maybe over the past years that you're like, this is one story that I always go to? Is there anything you can think of? Well, I mean, we have so many. Uh, We've—I don't know necessarily stories, but I enjoy seeing so many of the kids, kids that I taught, um, that you know, then now have kids of their own and have, you know, furthered their careers and and become successful, and just watching them be parents and want the best for their kids. Um, But one that does probably pop out is a. A young couple that, you know, they they married very early on, um, high school, I believe, and started with their first child with early head start, you know, so uh, the dad could begin working and mom was trying to finish high school. And then, you know, so they completely qualified for the program. By the time they had their second child, you know, the mom is in the workforce doing great Dad has uh, working his way up in a position he had, and they then tried uh, applied for their second child, and they were in the one to one thirty percent of poverty, which we can take a certain percentage of those. But they were no longer in that lower income to qualify. They they had you know worked their way into the next bracket, and uh, he then you know became. Uh, further up, got a different certification in his job, worked his way up even further, and they had a third child, and they were over income. 
and you know by this time they've got elementary kids and and the new baby and mom's working at a good job dad and that's really our goal of head start and that's what we did with them with early head start we gave them that head start that leg up to be able to finish their education and and get into good jobs and and be a good part of the community and they started out totally qualifying with no jobs, teen parents, that kind of thing, and worked their way up to now they don't even, they're over income um, because because of their success. And so that's what it is about for me is just seeing, seeing them improve that quality of life. That's great. Great to hear. And, and I agree. It's, it's in, this, in this type of environment, the agency where we work for all the different programs, it's amazing to see those families right. make better and 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 ultimately some of them come back and start working for us. Exactly, which is even, we have even we better. have quite yes. a lot, yes, yes. and um, and that makes me happy too because they're very invested they know about us and, and they yes, care. Yes. yes. Well, thank you for coming in. I know, like I said in the beginning, it was a little bit outside your comfort zone, yes. but I think a, a lot of our families and, and parents and employees and all that have learned a lot from you. So thank you for coming in. Thank you I for really having appreciate me. it. You're welcome. And, and until next time, um, let's, uh, I'm just going to remind everybody, new episodes come out every single Friday, 8 o'clock in the morning. So just be on the lookout for those. If you subscribe, they're going to show up on your phone automatically at 8 o'clock in the morning. Otherwise, go to our website. Um, You can find all the episodes there, and you can pick and choose which ones you want to listen to. Uh, Until next time again, have a great day, and we'll see you next week.